gotta get hype. Let's gotta go. Gotta get hype for this episode. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, are we on? We are on. Is this thing on? We're live. Hello. Hello. Stacy and Pete here under the blanket fort. Our twinkly lights. They're glowing. So we just made the colossal mistake of taking a break between episodes on our day of recording, going downstairs to let the room up here cool down a little bit because we have to turn the AC off when we're recording. And we ate lunch. Whoops. Oops, because now we are both like in a carb coma. Carb coma. So we got to fight through it. <laughs> fight the power. <laughs> Need some coffee. I should have made some coffee, actually. Maybe we will mid-episode. <laughs> if we're not waking up, we'll do that. Before we get into it today, I need to tell you, if you didn't see on our social media, I found something from the 90s. Something amazing. Something that was mine. Yes. When I was a teenager, it was in my mom's, I don't know if this one was in the attic or in her garage, like in a bin, but either way, I, I found it. I found it like last fall or something, Yeah, brought it home, and then it got left in our garage and has been in there until you were cleaning out the garage the other day, brought it in. Massive cleaning effort. You did a good job. And in it had several things from my bedroom when I was a teenager in the 90s. And one of the things was this rotating magma lamp, as it was called, that I got from Spencer's Gifts. And it was in my room in the late 90s as a teenager. And then I brought it with me to college. So it was in my college dorm room. And then I never took it with me beyond that, like when I moved to California or Florida. So then it just stayed at my mom's house. And... I didn't know if it was going to work, but I put it together, plugs it in, and it worked. Worked like a charm with the light bulb that was in it. Yes. We didn't even have to replace it. It was magical. It was magical. And it is just wild how I didn't really remember what it looked like when it was on until I turned it on. And then I was just <laughs> like, oh, I feel like I am zapped back into my teenage self, being angsty, writing in my diary next to that light with like, one of the albums that we're going to talk about in this episode playing. Right. Some glow-in-the-dark stars on the ceiling, some beads hanging over the closet, an inflatable chair in the corner, <laughs> and uh, lots of magazine cutouts on my wall. Oh, yes. Black lights, you name it. Speaking of which, finding that lamp and it working, I had already thought about this before, but it really inspires me to want to turn one of our guest bedrooms basically into my teenage bedroom. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Now, I don't think I'm going to, like I told you, there's no way I'm going to cut up the magazines that I have recollected. No, but we had an idea. We're just going to print out some of the pages. Yes, we'll scan them or take pictures and print them. Yeah. And that printer, look, one day when I was scanning a magazine, I accidentally printed out a page and it looked so good. Good. So I was like, this is going to work. So that's a project. You know, add that to the list of projects that we'll do. But. I'm really excited about that one. I think it's a fantastic idea. I can't wait to do it. And it'll probably just become the room that I hang out in when I need a little me time. That's right. <laughs> Go right in your diary. Yeah. With the magma lamp on. I know. So anyway, just had to share that with you all. That magma lamp, something else. <laughs> it's so cool. And I have to get a lava lamp because I don't still have mine. I think mine stopped working. I don't know that I ever had a lava lamp. I did. I had one that was silver at the top and bottom and the lava was yellow. Mm -hmm. I had the electricity ball. Yes. Lots of black lights. And I don't know that I had anything else. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think that was it. Well, you were moving around a lot in your teen years, too. I was. I was very mobile. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it is time for show and tell. Coming to the front of the class, we have Cheyenne. Cheyenne was born in 1981. Favorite 80s movie. She says, the 80s movie I watched the most was Anna of Green Gables. My first crush was Gilbert Blythe, who's a character in Anna of Green Gables. Also, Flashdance and The NeverEnding Story. Very nice. Favorite 80s song. The first albums I bought were the Footloose and Flashdance soundtracks on vinyl. Nice. Loved watching dance movies with my mom, but my first cassette tape was Madonna's self-titled album, and my favorite song was Borderline. Feels like I'm going to lose my mind. You just keep on pushing my love. 
favorite 90s movies. All goodies. Dazed and Confused. Singles. 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. Favorite 90s song. It's so hard to choose. I used to buy mixtapes at the local thrift store that older kids had made and donated. <gasps> so I discovered The Cure this way and listened to a lot of 80s bands. The Cure, The Smiths, and Violent Femmes. But my favorite 90s artist was probably PJ Harvey. Specifically, Is This Desire? Is this I definitely watched a lot of 120 Minutes on MTV. So hard to choose, but I'll go with PJ. Wow. That is so fun. I never thought about buying mixed tapes at a thrift store. I didn't know that was a thing. That is fascinating. I know. I wish I had done that. Because, you know, it's like as technology changed and we got things like Pandora and Spotify and things like that, you can play artists similar to this and find other people's playlists and stuff and that's where you can discover music that you've never heard before but like that's like the old school way of doing it i love that favorite 80s or 90s tv shows the adventures of pete and pete freaks and geeks and my so-called life covered two out of three of those that's right well we covered the pilot of freaks and geeks on our patreon we have not done it here yet yes but it's been covered yes one episode that's right And maybe we'll do it all in the future. Perhaps. It's easier to consider that because it's only one season. Yeah. (laughs) Toy that you loved most as a child. I had a teal scooter that I loved to ride around town. (laughs) That's something that is a very 80s kid, right? Yes, but it's come back now. No, I know. But just the fact that a kid could go ride around town, not just your neighborhood, your town. Right. (laughs) Like the whole town on your bike, on your scooter or your big wheel. Yep, like you. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) I should say 80s kid and 90s kid. Yeah. Favorite game or book that you loved as a child or teenager? I loved board games, still do, and one of my favorites when I was a kid was the Babysitter's Club board game because I was also obsessed with the Babysitter's Club books. Same here. Yeah, we have that game. We do. We still haven't put it together to play it. We need to do that. We should. Favorite place to go in the mall in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s? I grew up in a very rural part of Maine, so the mall was over an hour away. When I got to go, my favorite thing to do was go to the listening stations at Borders and go to the Gap. Yes. The listening stations were always great. They were great. And that's something that definitely feels like it's timely. You know, like, I can't see people doing that now because you can listen to anything on your phone whenever you want. Definitely a thing of the past. Yeah. We've had a lot of people mention in the show and tells like that they didn't live near a mall. And it's I'm like, wow, I just never thought about the prospect of that not being like their norm. Yeah. The mall was like 30, 45 minutes away from us as well. Really? Mm hmm. Also, a word that's very hard for me to say. Rural. 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 It's like me trying to say Marlboro. Marlboro, man. I did it. You did it. First try. (laughs) Cheyenne's celebrity crush, Matthew Broderick and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Jared Leto in My So-Called Life. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, you know, we always ask if there's anything else anyone wants to add. And she added some random memories. She said, I competed in baton twirling tournaments as a child, but definitely don't remember how to do this. Oh, man, she's lost that skill. (laughs) I spent a lot of time with my older sister in the 80s, and she was into hair metal and horror films, so I was subjected to this. I have memories of being outside all day during the summer and exploring the woods and riding bikes around town. That whole come home when the streetlights come on philosophy. Yes. I was also really into video games and computer games. Carmen Sandiego. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? and spent a lot of time doing this. My after-school job in high school was at a video store, which was the coolest job. Friends would come visit and we could watch movies and eat Laffy Taffy. That's the best. I feel like that's like my one regret is not, not my one regret. One of my regrets as a teenager is like not working somewhere like a video store or a music store. Yeah, same here. Like I hear everybody talk about it, how awesome it was. And I was like, huh, I was cleaning somebody's house and working at the grocery store. Not fun. My sister worked at a video store, you know, in her early 20s, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I guess the pizza joint was pretty sweet. It was a social kind of job at times. Yeah. And then she said, love the podcast. Thank you, Cheyenne. Thank you very much. You may be seated. (laughs) 
before we get to our ways to reach us, I have a vice principal's office moment for you. For me? What did yes. I do? This is an absolute surprise. The other Stacy, or as you refer to her, Tossie. Tossie. Spoke up after she listened to our last episode when we talked about what did the 80s smell like. Okay. And someone said fluffernutter sandwiches. Yeah. And we were talking about fluffernutters. And you said that fluff was like marshmallow sauce. Yeah. She's like, it is not marshmallow sauce. It is fluff. It is its own thing. And there's even a festival called the What the Fluff Festival in Somerville, Massachusetts, which is where it was created. And they have the festival every year to commemorate its creation. Well, Wikipedia says a fluffernutter, also called a peanut butter and marshmallow sandwich, peanut butter and marshmallow fluff sandwich, or peanut butter and marshmallow stuff sandwich, is a sandwich made with peanut butter and marshmallow cream. So she's probably right. But (laughs) on the jar, it says marshmallow, and I've seen it called marshmallow cream. I'm just going with what I've been told. Have I researched fluff? Not today I haven't, but I'm gonna. (laughs) Well, you said sauce, not cream, if you want to get technical. Right, but you know what I meant. I do know. What I said to her was, he knows what it is, he just didn't describe it well. I described it perfectly. I like to say (laughs) sauce for many things. You do. He does say sauce for a lot. Like he says the peanut butter sauce at Friendly's. Yes. Which, is that what it's called or is that your own? No, it's called the peanut butter sauce. Oh, okay. Never mind. I mean, it's peanut butter. It's just heated up. (laughs) Don't mind me then. (laughs) And she sent a fun fact. In 2011, actress Susan Olsen, most famous for portraying Cindy Brady on The Brady Bunch, attended the What the Fluff Festival where she sold her fluff-inspired art. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I think this trip to the VP's office is (laughs) under protest. We'll just say that it's a fluff conversation expanded on. You know, it's not necessarily a correction. Additional information. Additional information. I always just thought it was, you know, creamy marshmallows. Yeah. Which... Saucy marshmallows, if you will. <laughs> Saucy. <laughs> well, thanks, Tossie. <laughs> <laughs> He's so defensive right now. It's all right. No detention for you. <laughs> all right. And now, if you would like to participate in our show and tell, you can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. We're on TikTok. At we Don't Want to Grow Up. We're on Facebook at We Don't Want to Grow Up Podcast. We also have a super secret special Facebook group called the Cozy Club dash fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. All you have to do is answer a few fun, nostalgic questions and agree to the group rules and our amazing Ma Joanna will approve you. And if you would like to support the podcast and gain access to over 60 bonus episodes, you can come to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. Yes, we now have three tiers. We have our $4 tier, which is what's been there all along. It's access to everything, all of our bonus episodes. Our $3 tier gives you access to all of our game shows, trivia, things like that that we do over there. And our $2 tier gives you access to the short and sweet episodes, the Dear Diaries, the Middle School Notes, the Teen Magazine excerpts. We added some extra tiers because we know we're not putting out as much material on our regular podcast, and it helps us a lot when you come over there, so. Come check it out. Yeah, we have a good time. And last but certainly not least, we have merch. If you would like to sport a We Don't Want to Grow Up shirt, hat, apron, phone case, stickers, almost anything that you could imagine, come to we-don't-wanna-grow-up.myspreadshop.com. Okay, now this topic is something that we've kind of talked about doing an episode like this for a while and just kind of been sitting on it. But since we're taking a little bit of time until we figure out what we should be doing regarding the strike, we thought it would be the perfect time to do it. Absolutely. So we are going to discuss which albums we feel define our teen years. Yes. To us specifically. Like which albums imprinted on you? It's got to be the majority of the album, not just a song. Yes. The album. Because that's the thing we were talking about. Like there are so many songs that I didn't put the whole album in and listen to the whole album, but there are songs that really spoke to me and I feel they on their own define my teen years as well. Like they can zap me right back in. But like there's a specific song I'm thinking about right now that I didn't own the album. I don't know any other songs by that artist. 
But that song in particular, like, would probably be in my top three of songs that I would feel like define me as a teenager. Right. But I can't name that one in this list because I did not listen to the whole album. There you go. So it's interesting. I feel like my list is kind of all over the place. Yes. Mine is less all over the place. Yeah. Can I have like two genres that I listen to? Right. But it's okay because it's just what we used to listen to. Yeah. All right. So we have a top 10 with HMs. Yes. It's a big one. It is. So when I first made my list, I did five because I didn't know how many you were going to have. Sometimes you're feeling inspired like you were today and you had lots. And then other times you'll be like, I can only think of three. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I didn't want to go too far. So I did five with HMs and then you started making your list and you had a ton. So I was like, good, because I have enough for a top 10 with HMs. (laughs) So that's what we did. I did pull a few off my list, too. I wish you would have kept them because Mm. I had 20 here. Now you just made me take four off. I probably had 17 before I cut the others off. So I was a little short of you, but not that short. (laughs) If we had taken more time, I could have come up with a lot more. Top 50. Yeah, for real. (laughs) We could have broken it up into like five episodes. Okay. So we're going to start with HMs. Yes. We start with our HMs. You want me to go first since I have one more than you? Yes, you go first. All right. Oh, by the way, HMs, if you're new here, honorable mentions. From 1994, Crazy Sexy Cool from TLC. Songs of note, this is what we decided. It's really hard because we're like trying to pick a few songs and then you're like, all of them. This one would not be an all of them situation for me. But I mean, you had Creep, Red Light Special, Digging On You, and of course, Waterfalls. That's an album that I owned. Yeah. Or a CD, rather. Because mm-hmm. I was living with my great aunt, and I had a sweet boombox upstairs, and it only had a CD player. And nice. I would play this one on rotation. Mm-hmm. So good shout. I still have this CD. Most of these I still have. Yeah? Yeah. Not me. Oh, yeah. You got rid of all yours. Did yours get stolen? I don't know what happened to them. Oh, okay. I probably digitized them and was like, why do I still need this? <laughs> Probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First on my HM list from 1995, Oasis, What's the Story, Morning Glory. Now, this is one where I do like a lot of the songs. So I've got a little bit of a list here as far as songs of note. You've got Champagne, Supernova, Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, Hey Now, Cast No Shadow, and Morning Glory. All great songs. That album is one that I was telling you, I didn't listen to the whole album. But like Champagne Supernova, Wonderwall, and Don't Look Back and Anger, like to me, those are very much like zap me back Oh yeah, to teen years. But yeah, I didn't, I don't think I own that one. No, I wouldn't have or I would know the album better. Right. Because I definitely like any album I owned, even if I bought the album just for one song, I definitely would listen to it just to kill time. Oh right? yeah. And you <laughs> spent money on it, right? So yeah. you've got to, you got to listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up for me, this might be the latest one on my list. From 1998. Ah. My senior year. So you were 18 here? It was actually released on my birthday. Wow. My 18th. Or no, that would have been my 19th birthday. Okay. So it is White Ladder from David Gray. I loved a lot of songs on this album, most notably Babylon, Please Forgive Me, Sail Away, and This Year's Love is my absolute fave. This Year's Love, Battle Axe. (laughs) No, was it Battle Axe or was it... uh, Better Last, I think. Well, it's Better Last is the lyric, but I feel like you were saying... Were you saying Battle Axe? I thought you said something about ass. I I would say I'd say Battle Axe, but I didn't want to have to... (laughs) You didn't want to have to bleep it. (laughs) To bleep it. Sorry. Battle Axe, Battle Axe. <laughs> how dare you <laughs> now you gotta sing it sing it like how you would do it battle ass <laughs> uh i love that album and it makes me think of dawson's creek so okay this year's love is what was playing over one of my favorite pacey and joey scenes i was about to say probably pacey related yes of course and i guess they kiss or something they're on the sailboat He's making obscene gestures with his hands. (laughs) That probably happened, but it was on the CW, so we didn't see it. Ah. Actually, no, they weren't doing it yet then. Were they not? No. Okay. Because we did have a whole episode devoted to that moment. Spoiler alert. Safe sex, I hope. Of course. Yes, of course. (laughs) Okay, next one from 1994. Soundgarden, Super Unknown. Songs of note, there's quite a few on here. My Wave, Fell on Black Days, Super Unknown, Spoon Man, The Day I Tried to Live, Fourth of July, and 
maybe the best Soundgarden song ever, Black Hole Sun. Mm-hmm. What an album it was. Yeah. Like, Black Hole Sun is a song that I almost never get tired of. I just I remember that video kind of freaking me out. Oh, yeah. It was very dark. Mm-hmm. But I knew I liked the song. I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> that was the case with a lot of music videos back yeah. in the day. But even still, like, The Day I Tried to Live and Fourth of July are songs that I just absolutely love those songs. Yeah. I feel like when we're done, we need to go listen to all of these albums. Yes. This should be the first time that we make a playlist for an episode. I know. We have so many people reach out all the time asking us to make playlists from our episodes. And it is something that we've wanted to do for a long time. We just haven't taken the time to do it. And we have so much that we're doing all the time regarding this podcast and our social media accounts. So it is a lot, but I would like to do it. What do you think we should do? Should we put on the whole album in the playlist or just the songs of note? I say just the songs of note. Okay. Because it'll be really long. Otherwise, it'll be long anyway, but at least that way they can hear the ones that we particularly Really loved. Yes. Good shout. We're going to do it this time. Yes. Give me a reminder at some point. Yes, love. (laughs) That was like the bear. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Heard, chef. Behind. (laughs) All right. Next up for me from 1995, Pieces of You from Jewel. This album, I'm actually surprised is not higher on my list, but there's just so many good ones that meant so much to me. But this is definitely one that was heavy, heavy rotation in my angsty teen years. Of course, the well-known songs like Foolish Games, Who Will Save Your Soul, I really loved You Were Meant For Me. Like, that's the one that's really sold me on Jewel. Right. And then I was obsessed with the song Don't. And then there is a song called Painters that is... (laughs) So sad. And it was sad to me as a teenager, but I listened to that song in the shower (laughs) recently, (laughs) like, I don't know, a couple months ago. I mean, I just had Jewel on because I was like, let's put on an old album. And that song hits when you are older and you are in a relationship with someone that you love so much. And yeah, if you know the song, you know why. It's just it's a heartbreaking song. Just draws out that emotion. Yeah. Even still. You would be a puddle of mush. (gasps) If you listen to that song. Now, is it the music or the lyrics? Both. Okay. You would have to. I know you're not a big lyrics guy, but you would have to listen to the lyrics. For okay. this. It's like really. I mean, I know all songwriting is storytelling, but it's like really a story. Well, listen, if it's on the playlist, I'll give it a listen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then as much as I loved all of the other songs I just listed, my absolute fave is Near You Always. All right, next up on my list, and I will say to your point that you just made about the order of this list, it's difficult to order any of these for me. Yeah. A lot of these are just my favorite, mm-hmm. and I just had to pick an order yeah. overall. So from 1996, the only concert of the grunge era that I actually went to, again, from Soundgarden, down on the upside. I went to this concert in Atlanta. In the 90s? In the 90s, 1996, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Might have been 97, I'm not sure. I always forget that you were down here then. Yeah. Like, we met in 98, but I forget that you were down here for a while before we met. It would have been 96 because I went with my sweet mate from my first semester. It's one of the only times I've ever really been scared in a car. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that story. Had a great time, went and visited my buddy at Georgia Tech. We all went to the concert. It was the first time I ever played a LAN-connected video game as well. Oh, wow. They had Quake or I don't know if it was Quake 2. It was Quake something at that point. I can't remember which one it was. I assume the first Quake, but it was mind-blowing. Did you see him at the Georgia Dome or like in the No, I think it was at the Omni. Oh. I don't know if the Omni still exists, but uh, it was the old basketball stadium. Okay. But songs of note, there are a lot on here. I don't know if I should read all of these. What do you want? Do you want me to read all of them or what? I mean, are you you reading the entire album track list? Essentially. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I left two off. It's fine. Read them. Just rattle them off. Rattle them off. Okay, here we go. Pretty Noose, Rhinosaur, Zero Chance, Dusty, Blow Up the Outside World, Burden in My Hand, Never the Machine Forever, Tighter and Tighter, Overfloater, and Boot Camp. All fantastic songs. Now, you know that there's going to be somebody that really loved two of the songs that you left off. And they're going to be like, but you forgot. What about (laughs) insert here? Well, go make your own playlist. (laughs) 
we don't get irritated by those comments at all. Never. <laughs> okay, next for me from 1993, which is the year that I became a teenager. Well, no, 92 is the year I became a teenager, but the end of 92. Okay. From Sting, 10 Summoner's Tales. This is an album that you and I listened to from start to finish not too long ago. When we were playing Sequence. Yes. Do you remember that night? We I played, do. played several albums. We haven't played Sequence in forever. I know. Songs of Note for me, of course, Fields of Gold. If I ever lose my faith in you, it's probably me and my favorite. I could listen to it on repeat and I used to listen to it on repeat all the time. Shape of My Heart. Such a great song. Oh. Such a great collection of songs. Just the music at the beginning of Shape of My Heart. Well, it's throughout the whole song, obviously, but just the way the song starts. Oh, Oh, it's so good. It is so good. And I love Sting, and he just gets better and better with age. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next on my list, 1992 from Dr. Dre, The Chronic. Notable songs on here, Let Me Ride, Nothing But a G Thing, Rat-a-tat-tat, <laughs> Lyrical Gangbang, and <laughs> Dre Day. Nice. I personally loved your body language when you said rat-a-tat-tat. <laughs> <laughs> we would play that one a lot, just cruising through town in friends' cars that had bass. Mm, sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it was. All right. Next for me, the album actually came out before I was a teenager. I discovered it in my teen years thanks to my friends and what they were listening to. I was definitely influenced in this way. It is the self-titled album Indigo Girls from Indigo Girls. What year did that one come out? 89. 89, okay. All right. This album just, it was different than anything else I listened to. And I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. Prince of Darkness, Secure Yourself, And of course, Closer to Fine is such an outstanding song. And I also used to listen to Blood and Fire on repeat. Would you? I don't know that I've ever listened to this album. Oh, it's one that I feel like I could just, it feels really good to sing along to. Yeah. And you pretend like you can sing like how they can sing. But yeah, I I love that album. And I remember, I think I've even talked about it on the podcast before, but I'd never realized that it came out in 89. Because to me, it fit right along with a lot of the other female artists I was listening to in the 90s. So I I just didn't even think anything of it. Yeah, I feel like music had started to go through a change before I realized it Mm -hmm. as well, right? Like people were, I mean, people have always made different types of music, but things were shifting in the very late 80s and early 90s. And of course, you know, led to massive shifts overall. Yeah, I think a lot of it, too. I mean, I know we had MTV, but... A lot of it had to do with where you live, too. And as far as like being aware of trends, like I didn't know a lot of grunge stuff was happening in the 80s, even, you know? Yeah. Like I remember being shocked to find out that, who was it, Allison Chains? I thought for sure they were just like a 90s band. Right. I mean, same here. So. I wasn't onto it in the 80s. Yeah. (laughs) I was still listening to like Paula Abdul and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, the first album from Pearl Jam on my list from 1994, Vitology. Notable songs on here, Not For You, Tremor Christ, Nothing Man, Corduroy, Better Man, and Immortality. It's hard to leave any off of this this album, but, uh, you know, I love it. It's just a solid album from start to finish, as are most of these. Agree. My last honorable mention, I feel like people probably make fun of me a little bit for it, but it's okay. It's from 1996. Fairweather Johnson from Hootie and the Bluefish. <laughs> Why would people make fun of you? I don't know. I feel like Hootie is a is a band that people might make fun of me for liking. I don't know. Well, if you like it or love it, that's okay. <laughs> I I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm just like this huge Hootie fan. I saw them once at the Strawberry Festival yeah. in Florida. That was in like 2008 or something like that. But this album, I don't know, just something about it. I loved nearly every song on it. It just had a different feel to it than really anything else I was listening to at the time. Sad Caper, So Strange, Earth Stop Cold at Dawn, and Tootie, (laughs) (laughs) which sounds like a silly name, but it's a really pretty song. Yeah, I don't know. I just love that album. Another one I've not listened to. I can't wait to play it for you. See if you like it. I think I feel like you would like like you wouldn't think you would, but you would. Hmm. No, I mean, I like Hootie. Okay. You know, the hits anyways. I don't know the other stuff. Yeah. Sure. It's good, though. 
This actually feels different to me than a lot of their singles. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. That's it for my HMs. We're getting into the top 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yep. All right. Number 10 on my list. 1993, another one from Pearl Jam versus notable songs here. We have Dissident, which I love. Daughter, strangest name for a song. Elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. There's tons of great songs on this album, and I dig it. Nice. All right, number 10 on my list from 1998 from Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. This was an album I listened to a lot. Also, like my senior year of high school and beginning of college, you had, of course, the Frankie Valley cover, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. I loved her version of it. I used to love him. Of course, X Factor and Doo-Wop, that thing. Not an album I owned, one I borrowed, and yeah, it was great. I loved it. I love her voice. Of course, I love Fuji's as well. Yes. All right, next on my list, from 1992, from Stone Temple Pilots, Core. This makes me think of going to the grocery store and talking to some friends that had made there about this album. But you have Dead and Bloated, Sex Type Thing, Wicked Garden, Creep, Where the River Goes, and my favorite on the album, Plush. Yes. Plush still speaks to me to this day. Mm-hmm. I had that album. That was a Columbia house. Oh, was it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number nine on my list from 1994. Middle school vibes for me a little bit. From Boys to Men, two. You and I love having our Boys to Men nights. We do. <laughs> I act like that's happened often. It's happened like twice. But so many good ones. Water Runs Dry. Yesterday, of course, I cover from the Beatles, but it's a very pretty version. On Bended Knee. And... What 13, 14 year old didn't want to be slow dancing to I'll make love to you. (laughs) (laughs) I almost had that album on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that we'd have much crossover other than that. True. I I can think of one other artist that might be on your list. I haven't seen your your list yet. But there was one other artist I almost put on here, but I didn't. I thought about Cooley High Harmony as well. Both of those albums very much remind me of middle school and like this one more into my freshman year of high school, but a little younger me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, next on my list, number eight from 1995, my graduation year. I believe it came out in March of that year. From Silverchair, Frog Stomp. This puts me right back in my 1987 Grand Am, (laughs) complete with the rust hole in the side that I said was a bullet. (laughs) A bullet hole. My attempt at having bass in my own car without an amp. I had a huge, this huge box. It was probably three and a half feet across, two and a half feet tall by two and a half feet with a a single 12 inch speaker in there with no amp. (laughs) And if you know anything about bass, there wasn't much bass, but it was what it was. It was what I had. And I would, I had this album or this CD on repeat for a long time. I really, really love this whole album. Notable songs. Israel's Son, Fault Line, Leave Me Out, Pure Massacre, Shade, Undecided, Cicada, and Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right. Number eight on my list from 1995, Daydream from Mariah Carey. Of course, we already talked about all of our favorite Mariah Carey songs in a previous episode. And I have to shout out Music Box as well, because that's another one that came out in my teen years that I loved. But from this album, of course, Fantasy, Always Be My Baby, like very happy, fun pop songs. I loved Underneath the Stars and Forever and probably my fave, maybe because it was with Boys to Men, but One Sweet Day. What a song. What a collaboration. This is my other crossover artist was Mariah. I thought it might be. (laughs) And I feel like when we had our Boys to Midnight, we also listened to Mariah Carey. (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) Number seven on my list from 1993 from Nirvana in utero. This was the height, I would say, of Nirvana. We got albums almost back to back to back as far as another one that's on my list, the Unplugged album, this album. But notable tracks on here, Serve the Servants, me. Frances Farmer will have her revenge on Seattle. Dumb, Penny Royalty, All Apologies, and Heart Shaped Box. So good. It puts me in the bedroom with my buddy Scott. Yeah. It's the first time I really listened to this album. We just were chilling, hanging out, and listening to Nirvana. I I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. I may have, but there's not a lot of videos and things that I watched on TV that I actually like can remember what it felt like sitting there 
watching it, I can put myself right back in it. But I remember they're unplugged on MTV. Yeah. Sitting in the floor on top of the navy blue carpet with my little TV stand and my little TV there and watching it. And it was maybe like I had seen Nirvana's videos, but that was probably about it. So it was my first time like seeing them perform and being fascinated. Yeah, it was like being at a concert, right? It just mm-hmm. felt so like personal and Yeah, it was intimate. Intimate, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was great. I always love all of that unplugged yeah. stuff. Okay, number seven on my list from nineteen ninety six from the Wallflowers. Bringing down the horse. Oh, Jacob Dylan. <laughs> How did I love thee? Stacy and her front man. <laughs> so I love the whole album, Three Marlenas, The Difference, Horse One Headlight, and I really loved Sixth Avenue Heartache. I'm a teenager again. I knew the radio releases on this one. I didn't have this album. It's a really good album, though. It is really good. I love his voice, and I love his eyes. The end. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next on my list, number six from 1996, the last year eligible on this list for me as a teen, from Tupac. All Eyes on Me. So this was a double album. It had over 20 songs, I think, in total. So this is going to be a long list okay, right. of favorites, right? Okay. But it's, it's not every song on there. Yeah. There's just a lot to choose from. All right. All right, here we go. Ambitions as a Rider. I'm sorry. Ambitions as a Rider. <laughs> Scandalous. How do you want it? Two of America's Most Wanted. Life Goes On. Only God Can Judge Me. Trade and War Stories. California Love. Can't See Me. Holla at Me. When We Ride. All Eyes on Me, Ain't Hard to Find, Heaven Ain't Hard to Find, and finally, No More Pain. He loves him some Tupac. I do. I can still remember buying that CD and reading through the jacket from front to back, being amazed that it was a two CD set. I was like, wow, we got so much Tupac here. (laughs) And then, yeah, he died a few months later, which sucks. So sad. Okay. Number six on my list from 1993, Janet. By Janet Jackson. We have also done an episode with our favorite Janet songs. Do you want to check that out? This album, I loved it all, but standouts for me, of course, If, Because of Love, That's the Way Love Goes, one of my faves. And then all-time fave across all albums, again. Totally agree. I think that was our answer Yeah. in our list in the previous episode. I think this was her best album overall. Yeah? I think so. I'd have to really look at everything again. Yeah. But this is an album that, yeah. I mean, as we've talked about before, like the music you listen to in your teenage years, such a formative time. So they just just stick with you. Yeah, it just really sticks and it really puts you back in that place and you can feel the emotions you were feeling. And I mean, again, is a very emotional song. And I know we both used to listen to it thinking about our heartbreak. That's right. You know, all the angst, mm-hmm. the tears, the <laughs> so, pain we were going so through. Many tears. So many tears. Luckily at that point, it wasn't over each other. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's time to get into the top five. Top five. All right. Who's going to go first, me or you? Well, I just went. So all you right. Go. It's my turn. This one was from 1995. Another one from Tupac. Me Against the World. I was actually very surprised to see the year on this because I thought this came out in 94. So I thought it was the summer prior to this summer. But thinking about it today, I'm like, oh, I guess I have to shift the timeline of a lot of memories that I have. So I think about what I was doing when I was listening to this album, and I thought it was before my senior year. But it it would have been like at the tail end or right after. You don't think that there was like a a single that would have come out a little earlier? No, because I was in the car and I had the tape. He wasn't Uh, on the radio that much. There were a few songs, right? But, you know, I have very specific memories of quite a few of these songs. It puts me again back into my Grand Am. Wait, you were listening to tapes in the 90s and nobody listened to tapes in the 90s. Nobody listened to tapes (laughs) in the 90s. We had listened to CDs. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. uh, If you're new here, we had this whole thing where... I shared a video, uh, a home video from 95, and there were people listening to cassette tapes. And there were so many people in the comments that were like, there's no way this was 90s because we had CDs then. And people didn't dress like that. And people didn't wear their hair like that. Yeah. Like, okay. Whatevs. (laughs) I'm glad you think everyone did exactly what you did. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. The rest of us who were still listening to some cassettes in the 90s because either you had to or you wanted to. Just laughed. 
Yeah, I just didn't have the money for a CD player in my car. Right. I didn't have one until my dad gave me his Ford Probe. Yeah. An 89 Ford Probe, but he had put a CD player in it. So mm. I finally had a CD player with a detachable <laughs> faceplate. <laughs> but again, like we said before, also, if you already had a cassette of something, you didn't want to spend your money to replace it with a CD. No. Per se, you know, like maybe you did sometimes, but maybe if you had extra money, then you wanted to buy new music. Right. Not something not the you same already thing. had. Yeah, exactly. Notable tracks on here. If I Die Tonight, Me Against the World, the title track, Temptations, Lord Knows, Dear Mama, So Many Tears, Old School, Outlaw, and Death Around the Corner. Some of these I can actually sing <laughs> or rap. <laughs> he can. It's impressive. <laughs> I feel like a whole different side of him comes out when he listens to this stuff. Yeah. Very talented. Oh, thank you so much. I don't think so, but. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I mean, I can still do all of Left Eye's rap in Waterfalls. Can you? I'm very impressed with myself every time. Wow, that is impressive. (laughs) I also love the smile on your face when you're talking about Tupac. Yeah? When you were listening off those songs, you had the biggest smile on your face. Yes. I love me some Tupac. (laughs) All right. Number five on my list from 1997. We have some Sarah McLaughlin surfacing. Now, also Fembling Towards Ecstasy is another album by Sarah that I listen to all the time in the 90s as well. That's the one I listen to. Yeah. This one, Building a Mystery, Adia, Angel, and my fave, Do What You Have to Do, which was not a single, but it was a song that made me think of you. Me. The guy sitting across from me. Yeah, that song, definitely. So I used to listen to it a lot. And cry thinking of you. Oh, because of me? Because of you. Oh, <laughs> we need a big hug afterwards. I know. All the angst. But of course, so many on filming towards ecstasy too, like ice cream and good enough and possession. And oh, I just, I love it all. Sarah McLaughlin is very teen angst for me. I can see it. Actually, what was the name of this album? Surfacing. Surfacing. This is the one that I listened to. Yeah. More so than the other one. And then Mirrorball came out in 99. I turned 20 in 99, so I didn't count it. You'd have broken the rules. Yes. All right. We're getting into the nitty of the gritty. Number four on my list from 1995, Alice in Chains. The album is Alice in Chains. (laughs) And I put here the entire album! (laughs) Exclamation point. So I don't know what I should do. I've got a lot of songs listed here. Maybe I just pick a few. In the playlist, I'll put all of them. <laughs> but I don't want to just name off all of the tracks on the album. Right. Well, and we also have an episode coming up that is just solely dedicated to Alice in Chains. Pete's been working on it for like a year now. Yes. One day it will come out. Did you look at it today? I did not have time because we were getting ready for these episodes. I sent it over to our producer and editor and they have not finished their work <laughs> yet. So I'm not sure what he wants me to do because like, I don't feel like I can edit down something that I don't know anything about. So I don't know what you want to keep. I want you to punch it up. I need you to punch my script up. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the highlights here, we've got Grind, we've got Heaven Beside You, God Am, <laughs> or God <laughs> Nothing Song, Over Now, and Again. But again, I've listed the entire album <laughs> for those that may criticize me. There's a short track list if that's the whole album. No, I didn't just read off all the songs. I can if you want me to. Oh, you're saying. I gave a curated list. I got you. I got you. It was a highlight reel of songs that are on the album because I listed every single song as my favorite. I got you. That's what I could have done for my next album. Number four on the list from 1996 from Dave Matthews Band, Crash. I know that Dave can be, I know it can be polarizing. I feel like you either really dislike Dave or you love him. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who cannot stand Dave Matthews Band. For me, I adore him, so, and I adore them. Their concerts are my happy place. I just had a dream that we were at a Dave Matthews concert last night, and I was chatting with Dave because I had a sweet t-shirt on, and he wanted to know what it meant. Well, that's right. And you were very jealous because he was talking and hanging out with me. As I would be. We were best friends, essentially. <laughs> and like I said, I was impressed because I would not be able to like Dave is the one person that I have not met that I like really love. And I would be scared to meet him because I don't feel like I'd be able to speak. 
I just love him so much. <laughs> but anyway, and at the time of this recording, we are going to be seeing him in a couple of days. By the way, and last night at the time of this recording, Dave, or maybe was it last night or the night before? It was in Camden, New Jersey. Dave kicked somebody out of the concert because they were fighting yeah. in the pit. And I was just saying to someone like the day before that I have never come across any D. Hayes at a Dave show. Like it has always been a positive experience. Everybody has always been so nice and kind. And it's like what I wish it would be like everywhere you go. Right. But what I love about Dave is that he will not have that. He was having none of it. They only want good vibes, love, everybody having a good time at a show. And he was so angry. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, get the F out. Get out. (laughs) It was great. It was great. And then as soon as he was gone, he turned around and started jamming again. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, oh, let me pick that beat back up. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so this album, of course, I love all the albums. I mean, remember two things under the table and dreaming before these crowded streets live at Luther College were all huge albums for me and my wife. I, I feel like we'll probably just have to do a Dave episode so I can get. Did into you all just of them. cheat on this assignment? No, and I didn't name cheat. off other albums. I'm not going to name off songs from the other albums. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> Such a cheater. I'm not a cheater. I'm going back to Crash. Calm down. You've got HMs that are outside of the assignment. That is not cool, bro. <laughs> Did you just call me bro? <laughs> not don't, cool, bro. Don't bro me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know we're angry at each other if we don't call each other a, a loving name. That's right. You get called bro, and then I get called out for calling you bro. <laughs> then you come up with something else to call me. Usually dude. <laughs> Things are not going well. Nope. Maybe we should pause and <laughs> go make out a little bit. And we'll Ooh, be okay. all right. Pause. Kiss me out of the bearded barley lightly beside the green green. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Crash Into Me, of course, has to be mentioned. So much to say, too much. Those were the, the singles. Two Step is a song that is so incredible live. Usually it's a song that people chant at the show, like hoping that they'll play it. Tripping Billies is another fun one. And then two of my faves are on this album, number 41 and Say Goodbye. You never get Say Goodbye at the shows. Only once, right? I have only gotten Say Goodbye live one time. Well, I hope that my new best friend Dave is listening (laughs) and that for the show that we're going to, that he plays it. I know. This will be coming out a couple weeks after we've been there. So we'll let you know, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I'll just call my friend. (laughs) <laughs> you do that. <laughs> I've been looking at set lists from the tour and I've not seen it on there. I didn't see it either because I looked as well. Yeah, it's OK. There's something that is really special to me about it, that the fact that I've just gotten to hear it at all because I just I used to wait and wait and wait for it. And then I finally got it and it was incredible. What's so funny is that it was at like normally when you see David's at a an amphitheater. Yeah. Outdoor place. And that was actually at University of Florida, Gainesville in their basketball arena. Oh. So it was like a smaller place and we were pretty close, like right next to the stage. It was surreal. It was kind of weird too, because it was a different environment and it was shortly before Leroy passed away. Oh. So it was Maybe one of the last times they did that live with Leroy. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then also like my, I've seen number 41 played live a lot. They do that a lot, but I'll Back You Up is on their first album. It's the first song that they've ever wrote. That's my second favorite song of theirs. And I've also only ever seen it live once. Really? Yeah. And that was when they would do half the show acoustic and half the show with the full band. Yeah. And so it was at the beginning, it was in the acoustic part with him and Timmy and, uh, I mean, it was amazing. But then recently he was just on Howard Stern and yeah. he played it and I ugly cried. You did. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't think I would. Like, I'm not one that cries at concerts or things like that. But just, I don't know. It caught me off guard because I guess I haven't seen like a video of him like that close singing that song. And I was just like, oh, just got me in my feels. I love it. Getting into the top three here. Number three on my list from 1992. Once again, from Allison Chains. The album is Dirt. This is another one where I've written the entire album. (laughs) So I will only share the highlights, but I will just say that I love the entire thing. Some highlights from it, what to pick, what to choose. I've written them all down here. We'll say Down in a Hole, Rooster, Dirt, Hate to Feel, Wood, and my favorite, Junkhead. So many good ones. Oh yeah, such a great album. I think Junkhead is one that, in the beginning... 
I didn't really pay much attention to. It was later on. And I was like, wow, I really like this song. And it's kind of just continued to grow and grow on me Yeah. since back then. I like that, though. You know, sometimes that's just the way it works yeah. with music. Plus, I mean, it could just be a different time in your life, you know, Absolutely. when it, something speaks to you differently. Yeah. All right. Number three for me from 1995 from Alanis Morissette. Jagged Little Pill. Again, last summer we covered our favorite Alanis songs. We did. It was a fun episode. Yeah. And most of the songs were from Jagged Little Pill because <laughs> we both love it so much. We do. The ones that were on the radio, you ought to know. Ironic, Head Over Feet. I love Not the Doctor. And then, of course, the hidden track, Your House. Such a great song. Ugh, so many emotions. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely getting into Teenage Stacy here. <laughs> Teenage a lot of us, I guess. Yes. All right. Number two on my list. This is from 1991, though I did not find it until a little bit later. From Pearl Jam, 10. Another one I've listed the entire album, <laughs> as I love the entire thing. Highlights from it will go with... Oh, boy. What do I leave off the list? I don't know that I can leave much off the list. It's okay. All right. Here we go. Once. Alive. Jeremy. Black. Oceans, Porch, Garden, Deep, Release, and my favorite, Evenflow. What an album. Yeah. Have I shared the story of the sorority that was in my car rocking to this song when I was delivering pizza? Um, uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I delivered pizza to a sorority house. <laughs> I'm sure you hated it. Oh, it was awful. They needed a ride to the bar, and so they <laughs> invited me into their house for a little bit. Were, to do well, they they asked if they could get a ride. <laughs> they needed a ride, and so they they asked me to come in for a bit. But then they all got back in the car eventually. Well, not all of them. There was six inside of a Grand Am. So there's seven people inside of a Grand Am. They were crammed in there. Mm-hmm. This album was on, and Alive was playing, which was like their sorority, you know, like song. They were like Sigma Phi or something like that. Something that rhymed with Alive. (laughs) So I had like six girls screaming the top of their lungs as this song is playing. Then they invited me to the bar afterwards, but I was like 19. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I wasn't there. Ah, you should have gone and tried to get in. I didn't have a fake ID or anything. There's no way I was getting in there. Why didn't you call Tino? I needed Tino. (laughs) Two words. Two words. (laughs) T-no. That's fun. It's a fun story. Yeah. And Black... Has a special meaning to us. I'm sure we've talked about that on here, though. We have. It's one of our songs. And yeah, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) That means more to me than the Alive song. I like Black more than I like Alive. (laughs) You just thinking of your sorority girls and not the special song with your wife. It's on my list. I'm kidding. (laughs) All right. I struggled with picking between one and two. They're both basically number one, but I had to make a choice. So number two is from 1996 from Fiona Apple, Title. This is a perfect album to me. I love it from beginning to end. I can still listen to it today and love it just as much. And I feel all the same feelings, even though I'm in a very healthy, stable relationship. (laughs) I am an angsty girl when I listen to it. What year did this one come out? 96. So I was 16. Yeah. Turning 17. This could have been on my list. I'd kind of forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. So Shadow Boxer, Criminal, Sleep to Dream. My favorite on the album is Never is a Promise. Yeah. Very emotional song. But yeah, it's definitely my most listened to song on the album. I love it. I love Fiona. It puts me in my dorm room at Lee. Same. (laughs) Even though that was years later, but I I never stopped listening to it. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) it reminds me of my teen years because that's where it started. But it's definitely one I've carried with me. All right, number one on my list, even though I will agree with what you just said, I feel like one through three are interchangeable on my list, but I had to pick something as the top one from 1991, even though I found it a little bit later, from Nirvana, never mind. Again, it's one that I've listed the entire album. (laughs) Highlights for me, In Bloom, Come As You Are, Lithium, Drain You, Something In The Way, and of course, Smells Like Teen Spirit. As I was doing my research for this, Smells Like Teen Spirit came on. But nothing gets me more hyped every single time 
than the beginning of that song. <laughs> and I love there's this video that I've seen on like TikTok and Instagram where Dave Grohl is talking about how he came up with, you know, the drums at the beginning there and that he basically stole that from like another artist, you know, not stole it, but, you know, he, he was influenced or yeah. inspired by these artists from like the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to, you know, to see him going through all that because I think he was talking with Pharrell. Pharrell. Yep, yeah, I've seen it, too. It's a good little video. Yeah, it is. Something in the Way is a song that gets stuck in my head and I'll be singing it like while I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> they played that at uh, what they had then on the, the latest the Batman, Batman movie. Yeah. yeah. This album, I feel, was like my gateway drug to to grunge overall. I feel yeah. like this was probably the first album that I really started to get into. Mm-hmm. The other ones followed very closely. But yeah. yeah, you know, I think it's funny because I wasn't like. A grunge girl, you know, it's not like I just listened to all the grunge music, but what I was exposed to, I enjoyed. Yeah. And I respected, you know, I, I feel like other than maybe like country music at times, I generally have never felt like a total distaste towards a genre where I've been like, Ugh, your music sucks. You know, it's like I like what I like, but I also see why you like what you like. And I like that, too. I just don't spend a lot of time. Focusing on it, maybe if I did, I'd probably like it as much as you do. You know what I mean? Jazz is one that's difficult for me. Oh, well. I, I guess- respect jazz musicians. They're extremely talented, but it's yeah. it gets so chaotic at times. It's not music that I like listening to. I mean, me neither. I think what I'm referring to more is like what you would have seen on TV or heard I on gotcha. radio kind yeah, of thing. Sure. Yeah. Agreed, though. Country, not for me. Right. Some of it I'm okay with, but it's not my fave. So it's time for number one. Yes. All right. My number one choice, the number one album that I feel defines my teen years from 1996, the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. (laughs) The soundtrack. (laughs) The soundtrack. It's like the soundtrack of your teens. Yeah, of course. I I loved the movie so much. I loved Leo. I loved Claire. And the soundtrack just, it was, uh, it's not the first soundtrack that I bought and loved, but it's the first one I loved this much. Yeah. Granted, I almost put the Reality Bite soundtrack on here and a few others I was thinking about, but we're also going to do an episode just fully about soundtracks. We've done a few where we just talked about songs from soundtracks, but not the entire soundtrack. We're going to do an episode about entire soundtracks. Anyway, this soundtrack, of course, I'm not going to go into it as much as I will on that episode that's going to be coming, but Talk Show Host by Radiohead, Angel by Gavin Friday. Number one crush by Garbage. And of course, I've mentioned it. It's been number one on many lists that we've done on this podcast. Kissing You by Desiree. It's the perfect song. And I don't know if anyone out there is watching The Summer I Turned Pretty on Amazon Prime based on the Jenny Han books. But she's my age or she's like 42, I think. The books are obviously about teenagers. And so on the show, it's teenagers and they play a lot of current music, but then they'll throw in music from the 90s and stuff. And so I was like, I bet she's close to my age. And then I looked it up and she was 42. And I was like, this makes perfect sense because there's a very special moment on the show and they used this song. Ah, And I was freaking out. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) And I was texting one of my friends that is also watching the show. And she's like, I know, because she had watched it before I did. And so she's like, I tried not to say anything because I didn't (laughs) want to spoil you. I feel like this one would be in your top songs of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the song I've listened to most in my life, but definitely the most I listened to once this soundtrack came out. Yeah. (laughs) I also have volume two of the soundtrack, by the way, which is like the score. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And you liked that a lot. Oh, wait, are you saying that's on your list or you just have it? I'm saying I have it. Okay. I listened to it, but obviously not like this. Yeah, yeah. That you just listen to for, you know, the vibes, the movie movie vibes. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're really into a movie. Yeah, you just can't get enough of it. Yeah. And especially then when we didn't have the internet. So it was like, or I didn't have the internet. Right. And... You know, you just get as much as you could when you were at the theater. And then finally you were able to buy the VHS and then you have the soundtrack and you listen to that as much as you possibly can because it just puts you right back in the movie. Exhausted all. Yeah. There's something so magical about when something makes you feel like that, you know? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I felt the same way about the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, because I ended up buying the extended DVDs when they came out, which Mm -hmm. uh, was quite the time investment just to watch the movies. And then I watched the special features, which were very long. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> I end. imagine. And then I had the soundtracks as well, which was mainly like just the score from the movie. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like what else I would compare it to that I was that way about. I mean, Titanic. Yeah, probably Fight Club like for me. Yeah. And then later, Twilight. Yeah. Loved that soundtrack too. And the books and the, you know, all the movies and everything. The whole universe. Yeah. Fun times. Now, I came across information as I was doing research for this. Sometimes I just go down these rabbit holes, right? But I found the list of the best-selling albums of all time. Oh. So I've got a list of the top 10 as reported by bestsellingalbums.org. I've checked multiple lists. A few of these are on every single list, but there is some variance. So this is according to this list. Okay. There's going to be other lists where these aren't on there, not all of them. But the number one on here is the number one on every single list that I looked at. Okay. So I didn't know if you could get any on the top 10, either the artist and or the album. Of all time? Of all time. No way am I going to be able to get that. I will say that a few of them were in the 80s. A few of them were in the 90s. Some were in the 70s. But just take a stab at what you think would be the highest selling album and or artist of all time. Number one. Or somewhere on the list, and we'll see. You tell me who, and I'll tell you if they're on the list and where. In sync. No strings attached. Not on the list. Oh, they just broke the records. They, they just they broke didn't. the records. Um, I will say that a boy band is on the list, just not them. Ew, is it Backstreet Boys? Yeah. Can you guess which album? Millennium. Millennium. According to this, about 40 million copies were sold. Wow. Puts them at number nine on this list. Number one in 1999, number two in the 90s. Okay, hold on a second. 1999, is it a rap album? What? An album that came out in 1999, number one? This is saying Millennium in 99 was the number one of 99. I'm saying in the 90s, it's the second highest of the 90s. So there's a 90s album above it on this list. A hint, the number one album from the 90s was a soundtrack. Bodyguard. Bodyguard. I thought Whitney Houston immediately. Number four all time. Wow. 45 million copies. All right. Number three on the list is an artist that we just took a deep dive in into listening. Boys to Men. No. Wait, an artist you and I took a deep dive in? We took a night and we decided we're just going to listen to this artist's album. It's um, a long one. Pink Floyd. Yes. Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon. Number three on the list, 50 million copies. Okay. Number two on the list is ACDC, Back in Black, 50 million copies. You're not going to let me guess anymore? I want you to try to get number one. The other ones you may struggle with. They're going to be hard. Number one and number five are the same artist. Oh. Can you give me a year? or a I can give you the decade. Decade. 80s. 80s. If you need the year, I'll give you the year on, Hold on. either one of them. Can you give me the genre? Pop. Pop, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Which album do you think would be number one? A thriller. Thriller. Number one all time. Yay. 1982, 66 <laughs> million copies. He's also fifth on the list with 45 million copies. 1987. Uh, bad. Bad. That's correct. 45 million copies. So that's 100 million albums sold between two, wow. two different albums. Help me. I want to try to guess the others, but I just would like a hint. Okay. Here's a hint on number six. It was released in the 70s, 1977. But this artist came back into the mainstream in the 90s which probably helped it be on this list. Is it an artist or a band? Artist. It's the dinner nobody ever wanted, but all moms made it. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. <laughs> Do you know which album? Oh, I can see it in my head. Fly, devil, fly, wings, flutter, vampire, bat. <gasps> bat out of hell. Bat out of hell. <laughs> okay. Number seven and number eight are the same artist. They're both from the 70s as far as when the albums came out. One is their greatest hits, and the other is, you know, their album. The greatest hits came out in the 70s? Their greatest hits, yes, was released in the 70s. Aerosmith? No. Leonard Skinner? Eagles. <gasps> the Eagles! <laughs> we definitely played charades Charades. Um, which album do you Hotel think? Hotel California. Hotel California, and then their greatest hits from 71 to 75, I guess. Okay. Uh, that's number seven and number eight. We talked about number nine which we uh, beefed about. (laughs) (laughs) Number 10, we'll call it uh, Country Pop. Taylor Swift? From 1997. Oh, 97 Country Pop Leanne Rimes? No. Hold on. Is it a female artist? It is. 
96. Shania Twain. Shania Twain. Ha <laughs> ha. 40 million albums sold. 1997 ranked number one third highest of the 90s. Come on over. Wow. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Thought it was a little, a fun little trivia to go through. You're fun. You're fun. Who knew it was going to lead into charades? Who knew? I love when we play charades. <laughs> it's another thing. I, I know people wish that they could see the video of it and it would be funny. Uh, that would have been good video content right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm sure that everyone that was playing along in the audience didn't just know all those answers off the top of their head. No way. And of, here's of, the thing. Of all time. Of like, that's all time. hard. And it differs on which list you look at. Except for Thriller. I think that was number one on every list. I looked at like five. Yeah. And Thriller was on all of them. A lot of those were on every single one, but Mm -hmm. not every single one was on there. Gotcha. Well, fun. Very fun. That was a great episode. Yes. I also think it would be fun sometime to have people send us their lists. Maybe a top five because I don't don't know, you know. And no HMs. (laughs) Looking at you. That's hard. Listener. I think we're the last people that can tell people no HMs. Come <laughs> Top on. five list. And we have 20. <laughs> Only we can set our own rules and then break them. <laughs> but I think it would be fun to sometimes either make a whole episode of other people's most defining albums or just like add in one person's defining albums, like at the end of an episode or something. Agreed. Fun. I think that would be fun. So send it in. If you're interested, you feel like curating a list, do it. Do it. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. The Fluff Festival. Why is that a thing? What the fluff? <laughs> they asked me to come in for a bit. They gave you a red. No, just no, kidding. Cut that, cut that. <laughs> okay, I admit it. I'm the inspiration for all of the Pizza Man porno that has come out. <laughs>